the first topic I wanted to speak to you about, which it, uh, I found quite interesting, it's new news coming through, which is that the ACCC, um, it released its highly anticipated report, basically talking about the mortgage industry and made a number of recommendations to the government like going forward from the report they had. So a few of the, the general gist of it was to increase transparency by the banks. So almost encouraging the banks to uh, keep their consumers more uh, informed about what rates are around. Yeah. Um, I'll list the, I'll list the, uh, the recommendations and then we can go from there on your opinions on it. So yeah. Um, Borrowers with a standard variable rate over three years, uh, over three years old, should get a nudge telling them what the best rates in the market are. Um, mm -hmm. All banks should use a single standard home loan discharge authority form, which yeah. I'd like to get your expansion on later too. All discharge requests should be pro processed within ten days, and the ACCC to maintain ongoing monitoring of mortgage pricing and competition in the market. So, can you just start with sort of your opinions on? what these guys yeah. have come up with. Yeah, cool. Look, I think it's well-meaning, but it's probably the, the first one's not going to work. Um, if, you're, if you're a business and you're in business yeah, to make a profit, employ people, return capital to your shareholders, um, is it really your job to tell your customers that your competitors can give them a better deal? Yeah. It's like... It's like if I'm if I'm going in to buy a Hyundai, does the Hyundai dealer then are they, yeah, in a couple of years' time, if I'm looking to um, buy a new car, do they tell me to go buy a Mazda because it's a better deal than what they've got? So yeah. I just I just can't see it working. The easiest way for people to be always knowledgeable about latest rates and everything in the market is to use a mortgage broker. Yeah. Because that's what brokers do for a living. So you know, with all our clients, every every year we review their loans. Sometimes more often, um, but at least every couple of years, and we'll often go back. You know, we've had clients in Canberra recently. We went back to their existing lender to ask them for a better deal, and we did it on their behalf, and they were given a better deal. So okay. you're better off getting an expert to do it for you. Um, yeah. Most the banks, yeah. So I think that one is, um, I think that one is a bit, sort of, it's a bit, it's a fantasy. I just can't see that working. Um, the standard discharge form is probably a good idea because every bank's discharge form is different. Um, leaving a bank is like leaving a partner in a relationship when you want to leave and they don't want you to leave. Yeah, they make it hard for you to leave. You know, they say, "Oh, I'll change. I'll do this. I'll do that." Now, right. that's that's what it's like. So, anything that you can do to make that process quicker is good. Um, the ten day turnarounds, you know, that that should be doable. Some banks take longer. Just just depends on how many um, clients who are discharging from them. Um, the ACCC to maintain ongoing monitoring and mortgage pricing competition in the market. Well, that, that's probably fair enough. There's plenty of places doing that already. There's online um, website comparison sites. There's CanStar. Yeah. If you're in a mortgage at the moment and you're paying high twos to low 3%, it's probably your own fault 
you know, that you're not on the best deal. Yeah. So, yeah, if people don't realise that now, um, I think at some stage people have to take responsibility for what happens sure. to them. And, uh, yeah, you know, as I always say to people, the best way to make sure you're always going to be on the best deal is use a broker. Yeah. And that and, you know, as we talked about before, 60% of all new loans come through brokers and it's probably likely to just keep going up and up and up. Yeah, for sure. And I thought something that was interesting that I got from that whole, the ACCC thing was almost like back in the day, I remember the big po- the big point in advertising at the end of Bunnings ads was the, you know, if you find a, a similar similarly stocked item with a competitor for cheaper, we'll beat it by 10%. And it sort yeah. of reminded me of that as if that they're they're pushing that the banks try and do that sort of Bunnings model that, like, if you come to us with yeah. another rate, we'll, we'll beat it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, like, if we, if we ask for a repricing on a client's loan with their bank, the, the bank asks us, well, what, what other deals can we get? So they do that. It's easy. It's easier for Bunnings to do that though, because they've basically smashed all the competition out of the yeah. park. So there's not really much competition for Bunnings. But um, the big four banks, um, yeah, there's there's heaps of other little lenders. But I think the thing of saying to a business, your job, you know, one of the things you should do is every couple of years um, drop the interest rate your clients are charging. Are you charging your clients? I think that's a bit. Um, yeah, I just don't think it's okay, going to happen. Fair enough. Um, second thing I wanted to talk to you about, which came out during this past week, was uh, Simon Presley from Propertyology has come out with this big yep. rec- uh, big prediction, and it was covered by most of the um, the sources we usually get our information from, um, mortgage yep. advisor, places like that. And he wrote about yep. how he's expecting 2021 to be a huge all-time high in household rents and a dire shortage of property to live in. So um he was saying how five out of eight capital cities have a vacancy rate below one percent at the moment and he had some recommendations uh to solve the issue so i figured i'll bounce those off you and you just sort of tell me why they might be um ways to solve the problem so um banks might uh should stop charging investors a premium interest Mm -hmm. rate uh city councils must stop charging investors a premium on council rates um and the government yep. should conduct investigations into the conduct of insurance companies from charging excessive insurance premiums uh, when a when a policyholder makes a claim. Rorting of real estate products is a national problem. Can you start with uh, the first one I said, which was about investors having a higher interest rate with the banks? That's something I'm not as aware yeah, of. So, yeah, so years and years ago, the if the the if a person living in a house was charged, say, 4% for a loan, the, an investor was always charged 1% okay. higher. And I'm not, I'm not sure why. That was just how it was. And then when new banks came in and after the GFC and you know, some of the things that have happened over the last four or five years with lending, with new lenders coming in, they um, the margin was sort of, trim back and some with some lenders you could get a cheaper investor rate than you could get a cheaper owner-occupier rate through another right. lender. So the margins went were, were quite tight. Now it's sort of going back. And what Simon's saying is, you know, why why is there such a big differential between 
what an investor pays and what an owner occupier pays because if there's more property investors there's more properties for for rent which which means rents are normally yeah. cheaper so it's better for better for the economy and better for people whereas you know as he rightly points out at the moment there's a you know huge rental demand and not enough supply around so but what that means from a uh, investor's point of view is if you're buying an investment property, what ideally what you want is a low vacancy rate because that means your your property is going to be um, tenanted quicker and you're probably going to get a higher yeah, rent. Okay. Um, with the thing about um, state governments, in some jurisdictions, they obviously charge higher stamp duties and other fees and charges to mm. investors. Um, so that's what he's talking about there. It's just you know, more costs on investors. Um, with the insurance one, I'm not really sure the background on okay. that. So I might might have to pass that one. But one of the other things he mentioned in that article was around, um, you know, being more proactive in helping improve loan application efficiencies. And we've sort of talked about this before, that um, when you've, at the moment, some lenders can turn around a loan in two days, whereas others it takes five yeah. weeks. Now. The problem, they all operate under the same rules. So if one can do it in two days and one takes five weeks, I think the issue is the bank's actual processes themselves, like the the processes they follow to do their loans. Um, and I think that's going to come out this um, in 2021 when we have the changes to responsible yeah. lending that are meant to make it easier for banks to approve loans. Um, I think you're going to find that that won't happen as much as people think because the problem is the bank's actual processes. And until the banks fix their processes, nothing's going yeah, to change. Okay. So, yeah, okay, easy. Um, the third topic we're going to cover, which is the question that has come out during the week, uh, especially from um, a couple of companies, especially home loans experts. So the CEO from there, Alan Hemmings, um, expects that the growth of uh, the market share of brokers uh, is going to grow in 2021. He said uh, it's the highest ever in history as being 60%, the, the latest market share of all residential home loans. And he just thinks that it's going to grow even more so, especially with how property is faring since COVID hit, um, with the values staying steady or rising. So I sort of wanted to know with... Um, with the implementation of best interest duty, which is coming out next year, I think in March. Um, no, nah, 1st of January. First okay, January. If it's coming in 1st of January, I wanted to know where you sat, where do you think best interest duty will help brokers and consumers or is it a bit of a mixed bag? I think it'll help brokers, um, definitely help consumers, but I think it'll help brokers because... Um, one of the things we can say we say to our clients is when you use a broker, a broker is legally obligated from 1 January to act in your best interest. Now, every broker, well, the vast majority of brokers do that now already because if you're in business, you get most of your work through recommendations from existing okay. customers. So if you don't act in people's best interest, word gets around very quick and your business is shot. Um, with a bank, 
if you go into your local bank, they don't have to necessarily act in your best interest. They most probably will because they want you to refer their friends and come back to them as well. So I don't think much is going to change. There's certainly a lot more paperwork um, and a lot more compliance stuff, which you know, will sort of work its way through over time. But I think it's a big, a big thing for brokers, and I think um, it's probably likely to push brokers' share higher than the 60% it okay. is now. Okay. Um, fourth thing we want to cover, um, the RBNZ, so the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, wants to reinstate LVR restrictions from pre-COVID. Uh, pre so 20% of new lending yes. be allowed at LVRs above 80%. And for owner-occupiers, oh. uh, sorry, for 5% of new lending at LVRs above 70% for investors. I, um, I spoke to yeah. you about this during the week. Uh, to see what you thought of it too, but why why would the government in New Zealand make the choice to put caps, like a maximum limit on higher loan-to-value ratio loans for owner-occupiers or investment? Yeah, so what they're looking to do, they're worried about the cost of housing going okay. up too much. So there's an old adage saying that property is a game of finance and... When, when people have lots of money and can get money easily, they'll spend more. Um, when they spend more, there's more demand. Um, when there's more demand, prices normally okay. go up. So what the, the, the Reserve Bank in New Zealand's done this before, a few times actually. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was issues with prices within Auckland. So they put this cap on just on Auckland. And what it's designed to do is you know, if they can – if they can reduce the flow of money to investors um, who are borrowing more than 70%, well, that'll take a lot of investors out of the market, which means less people there to bid for bid or buy for property so prices shouldn't go up as much. So that's what they're, that's what they're sort of looking at at the moment. Okay. My the, the second question I had about this article was what does this move mean for Australia if New Zealand are, are um, looking to reinstate those restrictions? Yeah, what we've done before is APRA, the banking regulator, has put caps on the number of interest-only loans and also the number of investor loans, and they did that. I think it was in 2014, 2015. So we normally attack it. You know, we've done it before, but at the moment there doesn't seem to be um, any worry from the Reserve Bank about house prices. While, pro well, while house prices have gone up in a lot of places around Australia, um, a lot of them are only getting back to the levels that they were, say, in 2017 okay. when we had a little bit of a property spike and then there was a bit of a property drop. So, yeah, at the moment they don't seem too concerned about okay. it. Um, some new research came out, which is what I want to cover with you next. So uh, an Australian financial tech company called Finspo they did a, a research yeah. that was commissioned by them. So the research found after uh, it was based on 1,148 Australians aged 18 and over throughout Australia. So um, one of their main findings was that 54% of borrowers do not know how much interest they pay on their home loan. Um, furthermore, 73% yeah. don't believe they are being offered the best available interest rate but only 21% have negotiated or switched lenders for a better home loan rate. So 
what what do those stats sort of say to you about um, maybe the there might not be as much education around being financially savvy with a home loan as there could be. Yeah, look, I think I think this just highlights human behaviour. Right. If you said to people, if you surveyed that many people over a, over eighteen who were in a relationship and asked them were they happy with it, probably that many people would say no. But when you said to them, "Are you going to do anything about it?" most would say no because people just get comfortable, it's too hard, you know, are you happy with your car? No. Are you going to change cars? No. I think it's more a human behaviour thing that people may not be happy with their current thing but they couldn't be bothered doing anything about it. So I don't I don't think there's any real surprise. Quite often I'll talk to people who'll say, you know, what and I'll say, you know, what what what's your who you what lender you're with and what rate you're on. They don't know what rate they're on. So Easiest way, as I said before, be like the 60% of people who go through brokers. If you want to be always across the best deals and if you're not happy with that lender, get to another lender. And we've talked before about the number of lenders that have refinanced cashbacks. Yeah. Um, quite often a broker can get you a better deal either with your bank or with another bank and you'll end up not only better off on a monthly basis from your repayments, but you'll also get some cash from a refinance cashback. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, another topic that came through during the week was speaking about the confidence in the property market. So um, the market's sort of encouraging more Australians to buy a home as the number of new dwellings is increasing faster than the population. Um, uh -huh. The Australian Bureau of Statistics came out. Um, they said that the uh, the average house in Australia is 689000 uh, dollars in the September quarter, which has risen 0.8%. Uh, so uh, yep. the capital city house prices hit record highs. Ro uh, they rose by 4.5% on last year's rates. And this article spoke about how these these numbers are showing that low interest rates, increasing jobs and like lower unemployment and the government incentives have yep. sort of driven the residential sector to have a better performance than they expected, especially coming out of COVID. So um, I guess I wanted yeah. your ideas on what, what that article spoke about. Yeah. So I think like the things you mentioned, very important, like the low interest rates, more, you know, we've come out of it better than what everyone probably thought from an unemployment point of view. There's you know, strong government support um, to business. Um, there's the Home Builder Scheme. You know, JobKeeper extended to March and some people saying it might even be um, extended till September next year. Um, the other thing is I read, I was on, listening to a podcast last week and a chap called Paul Glossop, who's um, you know quite well-respected property guru, and he said that there's something, I think that it was around about 30 to $35 billion worth of money that people will now not spend on overseas travel that they're going to spend here. Mm. So a lot of people are going, well, you know, they had they, they had 20 or 30 grand saved up for their dream one-year trip around Europe. They're not going to Europe in a hurry. Like um, Germany's just been locked down again. Um, California's just been locked down again. England's in lockdown. Um, so they're thinking, oh, well, we're not going anywhere in a while. Let's buy ours. Yeah. Um, and then there's a fair bit of stuff around fear of missing out at the moment. It's a bit of like um, 
the herd. You know, the herd's running one direction. Everyone's going, well, if everyone's running that direction, um, and that direction too, and a lot of the time you're better off going the opposite direction to the herd um, or waiting till the herd gets tired and then things settle down a bit and then get interested. So at the moment, uh, the other thing that um, Simon Presley's pointed out quite a bit too is that before COVID, there was quite a dramatic undersupply of um, property in Australia. So now that more people want to buy and less people are selling, it's just sort of exacerbated the supply and demand equation. So, yeah, there's plenty of people, plenty of people predicting what's going to happen with property next year. From what I'm listening to and hearing from the different people, the strong consensus is that it's finally going to be Brisbane's turn or Queensland's turn to um, be the next property growth spot and Perth. If you bought a house in Perth in 2008, it's worth less now than what you paid for it 12 years right. ago. So Perth got a lot of catching up to do. And uh, one of the podcasts I was on on the weekend with um, Results Mentoring, who are um, you know, quite switched on company from Melbourne, um, they had a stat for the June quarter that nearly 70% of all internal migration um, within Australia for the June quarter was to Queensland. Right. So if there's that many people, there's that many people leaving Sydney and Melbourne for Queensland, um, yeah, there's going to be some, um, yeah, you'd expect there to be some good price growth up there, which is good for our clients in Queensland. Okay. Um, there's only one more topic I want to cover with you, and it's something we, uh, I think you plan on expanding a little more on with some of the people you work with that are part of like helping fix somebody's credit rating. Um, yeah. So we will definitely cover it again in the future, but it's something you've, there's, it's finally sort of coming to fruition that more articles are speaking on the dangers of afterpay, zip pay, those sorts of um, facilities, credit facilities. But a few articles came yeah. out during the week and one in particular speaking on the, um, the amount of people that are falling on hard times and having issues getting bank loans because of their use of those facilities, even though they may not have ever yeah. missed a repayment on an afterpay repayment. So one of the ASICs um, reports last month spoke that um, the total amount of credit extended by most of those services has nearly doubled in the past 12 months. Further, it was found uh -huh. that one in five consumers are not making their repayments, which with missed payment fee revenue for all such that uh, the, the, the revenue that they were creating from that was over 43 million, which is near 40% increase from the previous year. And to, double, to yeah. just expand on it a little bit more, I was reading some more articles today about, about um, Afterpay and the, the problems surrounding it where a lot of um, brokers are saying, and this is something you've said to me as well, is that banks will look at your history of using Afterpay that you're saying you can't afford to pay for something outright, which is telling the bank you've got financial issues rather than what a lot of people use it for is that it's just an, an easy and simple way to break up paying for something over time it looks different to a bank. Yeah. yeah, so look, I think it's the old the old thing of, um, you know, when, when you apply for a loan, the banks look at your capacity to pay, which is generally your income less your expenses. Right. 
um, your your collateral, which is like security, whether that's savings or yeah, equity in a parent's property or equity in another property. And they also look at your character. So they look at your credit report and your history with credit. So if you've got lots of credit inquiries um, or you've got defaults or you've got lots of credit um, mm-hmm. facilities, a bank is going to look at you a bit harder. So if you've got personal loans, credit cards, afterpay, zip pay, you're sort of you're almost starting behind the starting line when you're trying to get a loan because um, banks look at your character and if you've got lots of credit facilities, it sort of shows a behaviour of not being able to do without, not willing to sacrifice doing without things. So what the bank's worried about is if if you've got $1,000 on afterpay and you're not making repayments, are they going to lend you 400 grand over 30 years to buy a house? And the answer is probably no. So I always say to people, look at, have a look at yourself in the through the bank's eyes, and ask yourself if you're a bank, would you lend you yeah. money? And if the answer is no, yeah, the time to make the the steps to change things is before you apply. So we're often helping clients trim their expenses, um, get rid of credit facilities, pay down debt. Um, yeah, if you pay down your debt, you increase your borrowing capacity. So, um, yeah, it can be the difference between, you know, we've had clients who, who smoke and smoking can be the difference um, of about 80 to 100 grand in borrowing capacity because yeah. the amount of money they spend on cigarettes. Yeah. So we're not telling them, we don't tell them how to live their lives, but we just tell them what the outcome is. So you've got to work out what your priorities are. And if you have to put something on credit, the first question you've got to ask yourself is, do I really need it? Yeah. And if you, re- if you really don't need it, well, don't buy it. Um, use that money to pay down other debt um, or buy income-producing assets. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Was there anything else you wanted to add before we get out of here? Well, I just think um, coming up to Christmas is a good time for people People will reflect on their goals and all this sort of stuff for 2021. 2020's um, been a really tough year for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, if you want to have a chat with anyone or anything, give us a ring and we'll have a chat with you about anything. Um, when you're looking to plan next year, um, yeah, work out what you, you think you might have to think about where you want to be this time in a year's time and if it's in a different place. Um, get a team to help you put together the steps you need to achieve that. And if it's to do with property, the first thing you've got to do is um, make sure, I call it being financially fit. So your credit report is fine. You're paying all your bills on time. You don't have too many credit inquiries. Um, You've got some decent savings you don't have credit defaults, all that sort of stuff. So if you're looking at expanding your portfolio or adding to it or even just starting it um, in 2021, get the finance bit started as soon as you can. Yeah. And um, yeah, the old thing, the longest journey starts with the first step. So start now. And um, if you need any help, just reach out to us. You can contact us on Facebook, search Money for Saver Home Loans, um, we're on the web, moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. We've got a really good budget tool on there 
um, that you can use, or you can use the ASIC Money Smart Budget Calculator, which is fantastic. So, um, yeah, but try not to spend too much over Christmas. Um, most people have got enough crap, so they don't need any more from you. <laughs> and save, save, save some money, or if you really want to do something nice, donate it to charity. Yeah, it's good. Good advice. All right, easy. We'll get out of here.